Welcome to the Oh My God podcast, season two, with your co-hosts, Zelda Lebowitz and Hannah Rachel Cohen Portnoy. In season one, the podcast aimed to talk about success in the face of failure, modern Judaism, and real life. Season two will deliver the same message, but even more potently. Zelda and Hannah Rachel have individually and collectively been challenged by the Jewish system they grew up in. Through their evolution, through their questions, failures, mistakes, and heartbreaks, they've begun to untangle much of what was keeping them in survival mode so they could truly be set free to thrive. This is what they'll dissect each week with you, the Jewish journey, real, raw, and vulnerable. Because that is the only thing that can truly change lives and maybe even save them. You're only one episode away from being more honest with yourself. Welcome, Sarah, to the Oh My God podcast. This is really exciting. Really exciting. I love that you're here. I love that we're all friends. I love that we have a lot to share. And I also love it that Sarah is our first repeat um, guest on the Oh My God podcast. I mean, the first season was just me doing it alone, but now it's really a different podcast, honestly. It's not not really, even though it's season two, it's not really. It's really a, a new podcast with Hannah Rachel and now Sarah Geek, hipster girl, Hasidic hipster girl. Yeah, so Sarah, share with us a little bit about who you are, about where you come from, and about what you do for this world, because I know you do so much. Okay, sure. First of all, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm so excited. Uh, I know we're going to have amazing conversations, because that's what we do in real life. Um, so I'm really excited for this podcast to share our words of inspiration with the world. So I'm super excited. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Sarah. I'm a creator at Hasidic Hipster Girl. I'm a digital creator online on Instagram. I have a very strong passion for Jewish education, for unlearning and relearning, um, our Torah that was given to us by Hashem and making it personal. I love learning new things, whether it's Jewish or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I love things. I love immersing myself in new experiences. I love connecting to people. You guys know that. Uh, meeting new people. And um, I'll add one thing. One thing I'm really working on right now is actualizing my ideas into this world. Beautiful. Wow. Love that. That's a, that's a lot of work, but it's uh, important work. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of work. I feel like a lot of us have so many ideas and we can talk about them all day and one idea can bounce off another idea, but actualizing them is the real work and that takes tremendous strength and discipline and um, yeah, just a lot of self-discipline. Yeah. A lot of also learning what and who you are and how you want to um, share what it is that your, you know, what your ideas are, like practically speaking, like which direction you want to take those thoughts and like offer them out into the world and you know yeah like which channel which you channel know? yeah because a lot of people want to say pretty much the same thing using different terminologies but how they say it is also a part of who they are exactly it makes them unique yeah very true um you know like this podcast really is about Finding success and finding um, our divine path through our challenges and through our tribulations and through our trials. 
and um, really wanted to create a space where that conversation, you know, really has the freedom to be discovered and talked about um, with acceptance and really just with with great clarity. And um, yeah, we're excited to hear about your journey and you know through through anything that you've experienced and how that strengthened your your faith. Sure. So I want to give a bit of a background because I think that's important to the context. I grew up with a very blended uh, cultural and religious mix, which I feel still affects me until today. Uh, my parents are from Morocco. They grew up traditionally traditional, you know, keeping the basics. And then they chose for themselves to be more observant later on in life. And um, then they moved to France. Geographical location, I believe, really has a lot to do with how we behave and how we adapt to things. So they moved to France. Had I was born there. Uh, so they had me there along with all my siblings. And we grew up in a Moroccan community, but we attended Chabad Shul. Um, and then we grew up, then we moved to Toronto when I was 10. And in Toronto, that was a very Ashkenazi community. And so I ended up going to um, Sephardi School for elementary and then an Ashkenaz high school. Um, after that, um, I decided to move to, I mean, I went to university and then I moved to Crown Heights. But I really, really grew up with a very big blend of people around me. So I had Sephardic friends, Ashkenaz friends, Chabad friends, and religiously at home, there was also a bit of an imbalance in the sense that we didn't belong to a specific community. And I think that that's what was very challenging for me, but also what brought me to where I am today, because I, I never felt like I needed to conform to a specific um, ideology or community, which ended me to where I am now, ended me with this, um, with, which made, which made me create my page as Hasidic hipster girl, which is a very big part of my life, which, um, I used as a way to connect to people. But at times it actually helps me connect back to myself and helps me back ground to myself. So ultimately so, you consider yourself a Hasid at this point. That's where your um, home is? I would, I would say at this point, I'm definitely heavily influenced by Chas, uh, like Chabad Hasidism and Brussels Hasidism. I don't know if I would consider myself a Hasid. That's maybe because I'm a super harsh judgment. I'm like a harsh judge for myself. So I, I don't want to classify myself as that. Because wow. um, you're, you're saying then that means that you're limited to their, then that means you have to be a real reflection of a Hasid, you're saying. Yeah, and limited to their ideology, which I believe I really believe the Torah is so vast and so diverse. And of course, I also believe that we do need to, to kind of narrow it down for ourselves. Um, but um, I have a hard time following rules. And I, right now I'm still, I'm still learning from different, from different um, is sex, uh, an offensive word, like from different groups, maybe that's better from different groups of Judaism. Yeah. I think um, the Hasid is really somebody that's constantly working on themselves. Like that's how I see right, it. Really depends is. how you define. That's how, that's how I would define a Hasid. So I think that like, it's kind of an easy category to like uh, umbrella ourselves under. Latch on. And yeah, because like we're someone that's working on our, and we're always working on ourselves as Jews, as humans, as, you know, so it makes sense for to me, knowing you, that you're somebody that's always working on yourself, that that would be your handle. 
like Hasidic hipster girl, you know? It's interesting. I understand what Sarah's also saying because I remember when I had my years where I wasn't religious. This is obviously extreme because I wasn't religious. But in the sense, like, what is religion? That's like a whole other topic. But that I, I wasn't observant. I didn't keep Shabbos according to the way I know Shabbos needs to be kept. I wasn't modest the way I know that an observant girl should dress. Um, obviously not in the details. I'm saying even just generally. And so I never felt like it was fair when people would ask me, oh, you're Chabad, to say I'm Chabad because this is not a reflection of what Chabad is. But at the same time, I never disconnected from that term because Chabad is what brought me there and it's what brought me here and it's where I'm going. And I definitely also connect with Breslov, but more so of the same, like, I know what you're talking about. You don't want to give anyone the wrong impression or yourself. But you can always even. share that. You could always say, like, you know, I'm a work in progress, but I'm Chabad, you know, yeah. or like, yeah, yeah. because I think it's like a beautiful, what I, what I'm hearing, like, you know, to have moved around or your parents having so much diversity within the home and being like connected to so many different types of Jewish people. It's such a beautiful thing because it actually makes you more inclusive of everybody, but also it could be kind of confusing as to like, what is my home and who am I? And I think like knowing where we come from and knowing where we're headed is such a big part of like being, you know, staying, staying grounded. Yeah. Which I have a very hard time doing. I'm an air sign. I'm a Libra. So grounded, and that's why even now I I don't even want to identify as something specific because I'm, I'm even fluid in my, you know, in my search, I'm constantly searching, you know, like I, I wouldn't mind reading a book from a rabbi that's not within the Chabad philosophy and learning from them. So does that make me, you know, that's why the labels just, I'd rather just say I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm, I'm a, I'm a human being that just tries to connect Hashem. I, I definitely benefit from Chabad and breast love very much on the daily. And that's also what inspires my content. So, wow. I think as human beings, we all try so hard to, um, to label things just for our own sense of like safety, comfortability, and clarity. Classification comes from, comes for the, for the, for the hope that we're going to get gained clarity. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think my fear of classifying things is because I know I will slip and, and sometimes I'll slip intentionally. Like I want to take a little break and do something that I know is not so permitted right now. So then how would I dare call myself a chassid or call myself a certain thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, because I know that that specifically goes against what Except a chassid would are. do. You are a chassid hipster girl. Yes, I am Hasidic hipster girl. That's right. Which is, you know, that's that's why I chose the term because I'm I'm constantly, you know, balancing between both worlds. I'm constantly into worlds. But I think the 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 the, the challenge and the real, um, what's the word? The real test is not to be balancing back and forth. It's to blend both of them together. Yeah, exactly. To blend the physical with a spiritual. That's the constant balance. So instead of saying oh, um, you know, let's say, I mean, there's, it's so hard for me to say something because there's so many spectrums. There's so many. Ultimately, it's like that there's no two worlds. There's no five worlds. There's really all one to be all in alignment. Like your secular part is your Jewish part. You know, Hashem created it all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's like, yeah, this is something always on my mind. This is always something that, you know, I would say like definitely the past year or something that I've really been hardcore working on is 
how to align all parts of myself that I don't have like a professional side. I don't have a home side. I don't have, you know, a friend side where it's like all the same version of Zeldi. Just obviously you fine tune what you're saying to different people. You know, if someone, let's say, has uh, someone's deaf, for example, you're not going to, the more you shout, is not going to get them the information. So you'll be more creative with that person or, you know, just for example, but your essence, who you are, remains the same. I also think it's important for us not to get carried away with perfectionism. And I think that like sometimes putting ourselves into a specific label and like feeling afraid of that is very much attributed to our fear of like not being able to live up to that, you know, role or that, 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 uh, classification. And then we are hard on ourselves. But like, I think so much of what Chabad is and in general Judaism is that like my mother, when she was first becoming from and, married my father so she was covering her hair uh but she was still wearing her pants and she spoke to one of the robinsons here in crown heights because they had moved to crown heights and this is just in the beginning of of their marriage and she said well i took upon myself that i was going to cover my hair but you know i'm not comfortable yet getting rid of my pants and the robinson told my mother like one step at a time like just because you are um you know, covering your hair is one mitzvah. Being fully tzniyas is another mitzvah. And the more, you know, as you're ready, you take upon yourself more and more. But one doesn't take away from the other, you know? So, yeah. I think yeah. And as much as there's one step at a time, there's also one step forward, one step back. And it's so important to remember because sometimes, you know, I'll take a lot of steps forward and then I'll have one step back. And I'll be like, oh, no, I'm definitely not my highest self right now. Like, what are people going to think, especially because I'm in the public image? And it's very hard because I share a lot of my steps forward, but I don't always share my steps back because I'm so afraid of judgment. Mm. I constantly ask myself, should I share my steps back? What's the benefit? Because maybe people will think that's where I'm holding and they won't look up to me anymore if I share my steps back. But I know I'll have a whole other crowd who will look up to me, but it's just a very hard balance to share our downs because we also don't want to bring negativity or, you know, just something that's, going backwards to the platform to the world right yeah i totally understand that struggle like you don't want to promote you know even the idea of marisayan like you don't want to promote um bad or negativity but i think that when it comes to gaining people's trust is energetically people gravitate towards truth so even when we think that we're not showing something or whatever because we don't want to promote like people feel the truth no matter what and um and yeah, like obviously everything has to be balanced. It doesn't mean like, oh, now I'm not in the mood. Let's say obviously I'm going to give an extreme example, but like I'm going to eat a cheeseburger and promoting that is not necessarily, um, there's no benefit in that, let's say, for example. However, yeah. I think that if that's where someone really is, like where I when I promoted lots of not good things, in my opinion right now, where I stand today, um, the way I look at it in, the, in retrospect and that's also an important distinction is there are things that we look in retrospect and then there are things that we say, yeah, but now I know better, you know, but right. in hindsight, the, everything that I, that I promoted, everything that I was sharing was 100% truth for me at that time. And going towards my truth, being guided by my truth got me here. So when we are really a truth seeker, we will end up where we need to be. Because we're not going to be married to something that doesn't feel aligned with our soul. Even if in the moment we're mistaken, 
We actually right. had a lot of conversations around this, and I actually want to share with you. It's funny. It's interesting that this is being brought up now. But I agree with what you're saying in regard to not wanting to share your when you fall, because on a certain level, you do have a big platform, and there are a lot of people that you can influence with even, even with sharing that fall. I think when we're sharing a fall, I think it's very important to share sort of the full circle and the full experience, meaning like you're not, that, that's not who you are. You are somebody that is, you know, working on herself and connected to Hashem at all times. And as human beings, we make mistakes. So if you fall, maybe wait until you kind of came full circle or share, I'm in a down now or I've experienced this. However, I know it's not me. And, you know, and or share when, when you're already on the up. And you'd be like, this is what I had experienced. This is why I kind of, you know, wasn't sharing X, Y, Z, whatever. That's very powerful. So this way people see that, yes, three steps forward, one step back, four steps forward. You know, because usually yeah. the hardship or the, the challenge is kind of the glue. We've discussed this on our other podcast that kind of brings us forward and brings us closer to Hashem. Um, and then, the yeah, so I think like that may be a cool idea. Yeah, there is a freeing feeling to share when you're in the moment rather than in retrospect like there is a very big feeling of freedom and relief and feeling understood and this feeling gives you the ability to even move forward when you share your low in the current moment not yeah. in retrospect but sharing in retrospect is i think healthier in the sense that you'll deal with less um judgment and just you'll be less stuck because you already moved on right but what but that's the thing is like you're less you already moved on but not everybody else moved on do you know what i'm saying if someone's jumping on whatever it is and i know we talk about this all the time like you're not the only influence there's a lot of things that come into play when someone does something that maybe they shouldn't be doing you have to trust your followers enough to be able to make their own choices obviously and that they're going to be able to be guided by other influences too not just rely solely on on your lifeline because you need to live your life in order for you to be in an even bigger light you need to be guided by your own light your own direction not always worrying oh my god how is this going to affect this one how are they going to see me because then you're not really being altruistic to your own journey and but Um, i do think for something that i work with like something that works for me is in general whether it's low or high I always try to ask myself, like, what is my intention for posting? Like, to be really honest with myself. Like, right now, I'm glorifying Hashem's name. Right now, I'm promoting um, modesty, and I'm going to make money. Right now, I'm promoting uh, my course because it's going to help people um, become more empowered with their own choices. Whatever it is, I really try to be honest with myself and not do it from a place of bringing people down. Like, I'm in a bad mood, so now I want to show freedom. I want to show rebellion. I want to say, you know, let the system go to garbage or whatever. That's anger. That's animosity. I need to do a meditation. Then I need to do something. Like, the, that. my outlet should not be Instagram in those moments. Even though, yeah, it feels like I want to go on a rage. I want to go, you know, I want to let it out. But my followers are not going to benefit from that. Not, nothing even to do with am I bringing them towards Hashem. It's more like why am I bringing them down by my negative energy? 100%. I think that's why you think about these kind of things, which is why you post all the good things because this is, you know, you're here to promote love and you're here to promote, you know, a Judaism, you know, Judaism. You're here to promote like, you know, things about oh. Torah. Straight up. <laughs> yeah, okay, you're here to promote Judaism, Jewish lifestyle, hacks or whatever, you know. 
um, Torah, you know, the Parsha. Um, but you are a very, very honest person. So you, where you are, you don't want to be like, oh, everything's roses and rainbows and I don't struggle, you know? I'll take some time off for myself and really do the work off the gram. And when I'm ready, I'll go back on. And I actually think that when I have these low moments, you know, I, I come back much better than I was before from a much higher place. I'm, I'm operating from a much more wiser and expansive mindset than I was before. Wow. Yeah. So these lows are really as cheesy as it sounds. They're to get you to your higher self. That's just, that's yeah. the constant challenge of life. Hashem sends us tests. We, 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 um, we, we overcome them and then we become greater. Just like Avram Avinu, Hashem sent Avram 10 tests and each test was harder than the next. And the 10th one was the hardest test of all. Yeah. So ultimately, what do you feel if you could share with our listeners was an experience for you that felt like a challenge, but really opened your eyes to see like, wow, this is real. Like this is Hashem and this is all good. Um, or that brought you closer to your divine mission, like your what you're supposed to do in this world, you know? Yeah. There are a lot of those like small moments. There are a lot of small moments that bring me to see and know God. Um, I'm not exactly sure which one's coming up for me right now, but I do want to say that I work really hard when, for example, my husband just got into a car accident like two weeks ago and it was a really, really bad one. And I was so angry that he got into a car accident because he was actually on his way to responding to a hot call. And it just bothered me so much. How could Hashem punish someone on his way to do a mitzvah? And it was like really angering me. And I worked really hard to see that it was for the good. I didn't yet see why, but I have like this inner gut feeling that it's going to be for not only his best, but our best and like around us best. So I know it didn't fully answer your question, no, but it's just like happening right now in my life. And I just feel like it's going to be really good, even though it was awful. And like the car was totaled and we have so many fees to pay and it's just been a crazy ride. But I know that these rides get us to better places. Wow. I think that's even more powerful because you still are not at the end where you're like, this helped me with my divine mission. And now, um, you know, even more a believer, but you're still in the struggling aspect where you believe strongly that it is for Hashem's, that Hashem did it for the best, for your best, for his best, for everyone's best. And you, but you're still not 100% clear how, and you still have that belief. I think that's very, very admirable and inspiring. Yeah. yeah and thank uh, yeah, something that um, my husband always says, he's like, we don't do, we don't practice, you know, uh, Judaism from a perspective of like trying to either A, understand why Hashem works the way he works and B, to do some sort of, you know, to do mitzvot for for a reward. It's like, I know it says it all the time in the Torah, like if you follow in my ways, you will, you know, you're be rewarded yeah. and as well so many letters from the Rebbe is always like if you practice xyz surely you will receive blessings and materially and you know spiritually and but it's it's so so i i find it so yeah admirable and fascinating that you kind of are in line with that it's like i know that 
it was for our good and I don't know why. Um, and even like having sort of the anger around it shows that there's like a real relationship, you know, that you're like, yeah. And it actually was an interesting twist for me to really, cause yeah, I've kind of been like, oh yeah, if we do this, well, I guess it, it shows more, shows up more on the flip side of like feeling guilty about certain things. Like if I don't mm. do this, like what will happen or, but it's really important to stay connected to the mitzvahs and yeah. to learn from a place of like, we believe we are yes. believers. But we also feel, and it's very normal to have anger. Like I definitely experience patches where I'm like, love, love, love. I share, I'm fully expressive. And then I go into contraction and I'm just angry. Mm-hmm. But I think is even better than apathy because at least I'm angry. Yeah. And there's so much room to connect to God in that space. I can be angry towards God instead of keeping it to myself. And I think that anger is basically an absence of faith. Yeah. It's, it's a challenge. It's, it's like when it's, we start using our own intellect um, to process, you know, and it actually in, in the Parsha about the spies, which is very interesting because Hashem actually told, Moshe sent the spies, like it was a divine mission, but the issue wasn't the spies. The issue was that they started to insinuate. They started to um, infer, like they were just supposed to say, this is what we saw, not use their own intellect to process and then to say, so this is what it means. They were only supposed to say what they saw, and yet they used their own intellect. And they said, that's the problem. That's why that was the issue. Because what did they see? They saw their own small intellect, and they saw huge giants. If they yeah. remained true to Hashem's intellect, to what they were supposed to do, they, they, would, they would feel huge. And the giants wouldn't be giants. Or they would fully believe that Hashem is the power. Just like Hashem created right. these giants, he has the power to... But but they he, they would be connecting to Hashem, to, to who they really are, which is the ultimate biggest power. Right. They wouldn't see themselves as so small. And yeah. our, our, our challenge in this world is that we start using our own process, our own intellect, which is very limited in... Compa- like, we, have, we do not stand a chance with our own, with our own intellect. You know, our only savior is to connect and cleave to to our faith and and to the power that is Hashem. I love that. You know what the nuance with that is, though, is that we need to be careful not to live the Torah robotically. We can't align with God's will robotically. Hashem made us all different and individual for a reason, and we need to personalize our Torah. Yes, absolutely. For sure. That is the danger. That's how the systems were created. You know, I'm not a fan of the system at all, but we also, but there's a lot of positive in the system and we have to decipher what is the danger and what is the beauty because being guarded, being insulated and being afraid of the world is not how we're going to be powerful. That's not how we're going to be living with our total divine mission. We have to use the world. We have to go out into the world, um, but we also have to be empowered and in love and and really passionate which is the opposite of robotic about our traditions about our observance about what mm-hmm. passed down from from generation from father to son from father to son you know there is a beauty in that system because what helped us re, what helped us keep our observance that it got passed down from the son a lot of that small that, community yeah a lot of that insulation the Torah, yeah, passing down the actual truth without distorting it preserves the truth. Right. But on the other have the truth, and then we have our personalities, our, our our bodies, our physical aspects, and really the goal is to blend both. Yes. 
Exactly. I love it. I love, first of all, by the way, I love that we're all wearing solid colors. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we, we made this. We bright, solid, bright, 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 colors. Colors. bright, solid colors. And I really think that it's because of, of people like us who are taking it upon ourselves to, and there's so many of us out there, um, to provide this light, to provide this idea that everyone has a unique power, everyone has a unique light, and there's no reason to shy away from it. And even though there's going to be struggles continuously until the last day we're here on this earth, um, not to shy away from it, but to befriend it, to understand it. 100%. I think giving Bikurim today is like taking our qualities, taking our gifts that Hashem has given to us and actually using them to their fullest and like expressing them and, um, you know, sharing our divine light. That's so powerful because Bikurim don't exist anymore. and Korbanot also don't exist. That's so powerful to actualize that into today's day and age. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So Sarah, what is something that you can share with us, uh, share with our listeners? You know, I know that you have many, many fans and many, many people that look up to you. Um, you know, maybe for the girl that's in a non-Jewish high school or for the, even even I know that you have a lot of non-Jewish followers that really, really respect and admire the Jewish faith. You really have a vast variety of followers. What can you share to someone that, that feels overwhelmed by their challenges, whatever it is, you know, they, they're, they retreated or they're almost retreating or they're, you know, they're, they just want to hide away because it feels too overwhelming, too shameful, or they just maybe are full of guilt. Like what is, what is some words of strength and advice or inspiration you could offer to someone in that situation when that is going through it right now? Um, I think it's really important to realize that Hashem does not want us to serve him when we're miserable, when we're in a bad state. And that he really gave us his commandments as Torah so that we can connect to him. And also he gave them to us for our own benefit, not to test us to see, oh, is she going to do it? Is she not going to do it? No, he gave it to us so that we can, like I said, we can connect to him and we can become better versions of ourselves so we can unravel what's truly, what's what's here. So we can create the connection between body and soul. And that's why I think it's our responsibility to unlearn what was taught to us or what doesn't sit well with us and relearn it, whether it's with the right people or with different approaches, different books. There's so many different paths within our Judaism. And I think it's really important to learn it in a way that's going to stick to you and um, so that you can become a happier person and so that you can be serving God with joy because that's really the goal, serving God with joy. And just what that means is um, to really fully express yourself and give of yourself into this world in accordance with the Torah. So finding a mentor would be a really good way. Yeah, answer being surrounded by good friends um, and just constantly be working on something, whether it's a project or reading a book or some sort of self-expression, dance, music, whatever it is. I think that's also really important for the soul. Wow, that's great. That's beautiful. It's very powerful. Yeah. And also, I would just add that, what you know, just when when I'm going through like a time where I'm like, you know, I just want to hide. 
um, from everything and everyone. I think that what also really helps me is the idea that nothing is forever. You know, no matter how bad this feels right now, it's temporary and everything is fleeting. So to just sort of like take the opportunity and see the, the beauty, the challenge, because it's going to go away soon. And I'll add, because we're yeah. adding here. Uh, <laughs> when I'm in a, in a down place um, or feel like I don't want to do anything or retreating, what I find most important to me is pushing myself to do it anyhow because the feeling that comes after doing it anyhow is so powerful and it took just one time of me experiencing that high or that experience or, or that feeling rather that I can tap back into like okay I know I don't want to do this I'm so lazy right now or I'm so tired or I'm so down or whatever but just do it anyhow because it's worth it it's really worth it because mitzvah goras mitzvah and avera goras avera and so if we can actually just push ourselves to like stay just do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. Then ultimately, these little, little steps are actually what's going to open up and expand our ability to like be in a happier place and be in a happier state and be really more fully connected. Yeah, taking action is key. I feel like in today's day and age, a lot of us are in our heads. A lot of us. And with social media, it's not helping us get out of our heads. We're constantly being overflow of information, which leaves us paralyzed and unable to take action. So back to what you said, taking action is really key. And like the Rebbe says, my Saigar. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What a great way to end this uh, wow. podcast on my Saigar. Sarah, this was really an honor to have us, uh, to have you with us here today. It's cozy and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. Action is key, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and nothing like talking to a friend, you know? So if I had to share something with you guys, it would be that when we're feeling low, it's important to remember that it's just a temporary feeling. Emotions come into our bodies and they they go as quickly as they come in. And it's just important to remember that we're never permanently in a certain state and that the reason why we're even sent this low is so that we can rise back up even higher and the only way out is through the obstacle there's no other way as much as we can try to avoid it circle around it there's there's no way to circle around it because you're going to end up in a different um you're going to end up you're going to end up having to face the same a, a different obstacle right um wow. so if i were to leave you off with something yeah, so it's super important to remember that we're not perfect and we're born imperfect. And our imperfections are what make us. And those specific imperfections actually are so aligned with our journey. And we need to recognize and realize what they are. Because as humans, we're going to go through the same patterns over and over again, because that's specifically what we are supposed to go through in our lives. Those patterns are challenges. And once we recognize them, we have the ability to confront them and go through them wow. with more strength. So to learn the lessons, from, yeah, you know, to learn the lessons and then transform. I, I heard someone yeah. say something today, you know, feel good life. I was telling you, mm. um, he has like a huge following. He's like a spiritual, secular, not Jewish um, counselor mentor or coach. Um, but he mentioned something that was just so appropriate for me in the moment that I heard it. And as usually things are, but he said the challenges that we go through or 
when we fall and we're in the mud or, you know, and we're in a low, that is actually a gift. Like, it's just interesting how everything's perspective. That is a gift from our future self. Like our future self that is more evolved, more kind, more loving, more unconditional is actually sending us these tribulations, these challenges, because us it needs us. Yeah, it needs us to go through that in order wow. to be much more expansive. And I just think that like, it's really just about a perspective, like having that perspective or having the perspective of, oh my God, my life is shit. Oh my gosh. I hate my life. Oh my gosh, this is just, it always happens to me. Like, you know, shit just is attracted to me. And like that scarcity mindset and that fear-based mindset and that, you know, is just the difference between these two is just a matter of perspective. Like you're still in the same challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have, that gives us a way out. Yeah. Like we have the opportunity to shift from ego to soul every single day. Are we going to operate from a place of ego where we think that we're in this, in this horrible life and look what life's throwing at me. Are we going to operate from a place of soul where I know this is for me actually, and this is for me just so that I can overcome it and become a stronger and better person. And of course it's much easier said than done because when we're in the situation, we are very limited. And that limitation even comes from God sometimes. And we have to overcome and really come from from ourselves. We have to really rise up and say, Hashem, I know that you're sending me this as a challenge and I need your help to get through it. Because sometimes we can't even get through it on our own. And it's really important to recognize that even in the dark times, in the narrow times, constricted mindset times, Hashem is there, but we have to call out. And Hashem sends us these challenges specifically because he wants to connect us. And a lot of the times I feel like people are like, oh, I can't talk to God today. I'm not in a mood. I'm, 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 I'm in, I'm, I can't even think about connecting. I can't even think about mumbling these words. But that's exactly when Hashem wants to connect to us. And that's why he sends us these narrow mindsets. He wants us to get out of it. He wants us to see infinity. He wants us to connect to him. And well, when so- we recognize that, that 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 a challenge is really an opportunity for connection our entire mindset changes and our entire life changes well I that's love when that. it becomes that's a gift so as opposed to yeah exactly yeah uh, also rabbi shay's town yesterday he said something i posted it because he's also such a incredible rabbi he said we always think of like infinity you know, like the divine light infinity is things that are it's the greatest so it's everything great um, and anything that that's not it is smaller than it, smaller than infinity. But he's saying infinity is not just what is great. It's also being able to see the greatness in the smallest, tiniest challenge, the smallest, tiniest garbage, This you know, and being able to see how that is infinity because infinity can't just be everything that is greater. Everything that is less than is truly infinity as well Mm -hmm. that was also you know we just always connect we always connect greatness and Hashem to glory and light and beauty but Hashem is just as much in the bad as he is in the good it's just a matter of of us seeing that yeah Sarah thanks for being here with us thank you so much guys real sisterhood I love it Wow, this is amazing. You guys keep up the great work. I'm so excited to listen to it. Thank you. I know I can't wait. See you. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Oh My God podcast. 
Make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews. If this episode spoke to you, please share it with someone you believe would love it just as much as you did and rate the podcast five stars so we can continue to make content like this for you. Do you have a question, suggestion, or interview request? Shoot us an email to omgpod at gmail.com. That's omgpod spelled O-H-E-M-G-E-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're so excited to hear what you think and cannot wait for you to tune in next week. Until then, shalom.